If you haven't signed up for our Discord channel, please do so. I talk about it every week, and I just don't think you're listening to me. Chris Yang's livelihood is on the line here, because if we don't get to a certain number, you may not see him ever again. Okay? You can help Chris Yang out by joining us at MajorDomoMedia.com, and there's a link that will take you to our wonderful community. We got some very funny commenters, and I say smartasses in the most loving way. But there are smart motherfuckers too, right? There are smart asses and smart motherfuckers. We have a lot of how-tos, a lot of guides, a lot of recipes, a lot of different ways to consume culture, how to live your life a little bit more deliciously. Visit us at MajorDomoMedia.com. We'll see you there. Also, all things Momofuku, you can eat and taste all the things we make in our restaurants, developed over the years at your home with our air dry noodles, our chili crunch, our assortment of pantry items at places like Whole Foods and Target, available nationwide. And if you're not close to anything like that, you can visit us at shop.momofuku.com and uh, you can stock up on all the Momofuku items. Lastly, this is something we're very excited about, something that the entire Major Doma Media team has worked on for quite some time. It just was released uh, last week, a new show on Hulu called Best in Dough. The first episode I find to be very funny, and it has to deal with Nona's making pizza. I can't say too much more than that. If you are scrolling through the tube and looking for something new, it is a new, fun food competition show that I think will uh, make you laugh, will be very enjoyable, and uh, you'll probably want to eat some pizza. you also see our good friend Brian Ford on there as well. So check it out. It's on Hulu, streaming now. Best in dough. On to the show. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. It is a month. Chris Yang is nodding, and uh, <laughs> he's laughing. He's going to hear me ramble on for a little bit. Um, I want to get a slice of pizza today at the row. Our good friend Chris Bianco, if you have not seen the Chef's Table pizza, some of our favorite friends are there, and Kim, a whole host of great pizza makers, but the first episode, Chris Bianco, it, it's really spectacular. And uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast we did with him a couple months ago, please do so. But the power of that show is I want to get a, 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 some pizza, but it was like an hour wait during lunch on a, on a Tuesday. 
God bless. You love to see it. And I've been told that it's just jam-packed. So I think we're going to see a lot more Chris Bianco maybe on this podcast. A lot of things going forward. But what I wanted to talk about was I, I talked about going permit fishing. And I have not gone in three plus years. I felt pretty confident going in. And I spent seven hard days of not catching a single permit. The weather was tough. There was a hurricane. And it was extremely humbling. And I almost, I quit many times. I asked myself, why am I doing this goddamn stupid thing? I'm away from my kids, my family, and this is not exactly how I pictured my week away of utter frustration and hatred and self-loathing for myself and my inability to be in the zone and to be good. And the fucking crazy thing is, is better. It's one of the crazy things. I think that I've, as I've gotten better over the years at it, it's uh, something where I catch less fish. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I think it was the equivalent of having the yips. And if you don't know what the yips are in putting and golf, it's where you just can't make anything under five to six feet. And uh, I guess in basketball, you can't hit a free throw or just you just lose your confidence. That's why I, I love this sport which is basically uh, a sport that no one will ever really do. I don't even know how I got into it, but the, the highs are high and the lows are the lowest low you could possibly experience. And I mean it. It was so bad that uh, I, I, I just could not understand why I couldn't catch this fish. And you might be asking yourself, what's the big deal? Well, it's extremely frustrating when you can do everything right and you don't catch the fish. Or if you don't do it right, you might catch the fish. All I'm going to say is it was karma because I said that I thought I was pretty good at it. And the reality is I fucking suck. And I was the only person that week to not catch a fish. I clearly angered the Mayan gods. They call me Kakasmak, the guides down there, which means like son of a bitch or motherfucker or something like that in Mayan. I don't know. That's what they told me. Kakasmak can mean something completely different. But man, did I... There were two days where I, I, I literally cried in the boat, and uh, <laughs> I was so sad. And, you know, you can walk the flats in, in the water where it's, like, you know, knee-deep, and your heart is racing, and your adrenaline is pumping, and you just have to do everything right. Line management, the right cast, and you have to sort of, you know, do everything right to, to convince the fish to eat the fly. And, and um, man, extremely humbling. But the reward was I got to go to my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants uh, in the world. And it's this little lobster shack and it's near Punta Allen. And that's, that's all they have. And I got, I'm going to think, I, I think I got sort of ripped off and I was okay with it. They charged me New York City lobster prices. Inflation. But here's another thing. Like I was not, I wasn't bummed that I got ripped off. I was sort of happy. but. It felt like a little bit like uh, speaking another language where they don't know that you actually understand and speak the language. And um, they were giving me peso prices. And listen, I've been coming here for a few years, but uh, <laughs> once I did the math, I was like, wait a second. The lobster is literally right in front of me because you go out and you get they get the lobster. You can help them get the lobster. The lobsters are sort of abundant in these waters. In theory, it should be a little bit cheaper than, say, New York City, but it wasn't. Regardless, I was happy, 
it's not like there's no running water. There's no real electricity. So I was really happy. Those are moments where I'm like, just take my money. Um, and I was able to, that was well, honestly, my only highlight of the week was eating lobster ceviche. It was so good. So I have nothing else to say for my week there other than I had lobster ceviche. That's the only thing I caught because I caught the lobster out of the net and I didn't catch anything else. And it was delicious. Um, drinking a cold beer and ceviche. It's my favorite way to eat lobster, I think, with, uh, with tortilla chips, delicious stuff. Um, but I, I'm pretty sad. I'm pretty sad about the whole thing. But, but again, that's not really what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I stayed at um, the Marriott Cancun Airport because you fly into Cancun and it takes some time to get to this island uh, by boat. So a lot of the ferries, it, it, whatever. I, so you fly in one day early and you stay here. And I pulled a Chris Yang. I ordered some tacos at the bar. A wonderful American tourist comes by me and says, you got to get the Cochinita people tacos. <laughs> I didn't even, I wasn't even talking to them. I was talking to the bartender. I said, okay, I was with my friend. What do you think we should get? And just unwarranted, unsolicited advice. You definitely got to get the Cochinita people tacos. Outrageous. To die for. We didn't get them. <laughs> no, we, we got one order so you got the taco sampler whatever whatever we got a couple tacos i ordered nachos and i ordered a john bordas sandwich i've never even i don't even know who john bordas is b-o-r-d-a-s john borda and the member if my memory is correct it was a on a warm french baguette with um it's basically a steak and cheese sandwich with some uh, chili in it I have to say it was one of the best sandwiches that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was so <laughs> fucking good. It, it was more of a cheesesteak than anything else. But the reason I say this is you legitimately have no idea where good things can be. And I'll also say they're in their buffet, their breakfast buffet, they have a chicken soup. It's delicious. Very, very good. I don't know why Chris is laughing. <laughs> I mean. It's the specificity of his recommendation. <laughs> it's, I thought that apron at the Kimpton Overland was going to be as, as specific you, as we right ever now, got. The John Borda sandwich is fucking outrageously good. I don't even know what the story behind it. Clearly, there's a story behind the John Borda, whoever this person is. <laughs> the first result, I'm sorry, Chang, when I look up John Borda for you, Seems to be a human resources director at Ikea. <laughs> Do you think that's who this is named for? No. I, I, I'm, I'm going to read the menu for you right now. At the Courtyard Marriott at Cancun Airport, the sandwich, the, in quotes, like Thomas Keller's French Laundry, quotes, John Borda, oysters and pearls. <laughs> what? The Philly steak sandwich, 180 pesos. So that's $9, basically. The John Borda. It was fucking good. And I'm serious. I really, you know how fast I eat. I savored this thing. And I don't even know how it was kept so hot. It was like a, a thermo, thermo irreversible gel. Like, I don't understand how it got hotter. It defied the second law of thermodynamics. You know, there, it was just like, 
so hot. I'm telling you, I need to know who John Borda is. It was a delicious sandwich. I don't think anybody that's listening to this podcast has ever stayed at the Courtyard Marriott at Cancun Airport. But if you do, you should get that. And if you do stay for breakfast, because it's it's a part of your room package, get the chicken soup at the buffet. You will not be let down. It was very good. And on the way back, I had to stay there again because a long, longer story. And I, you know what? Some people might get upset because they missed their flight and they can't go back home. I wasn't. It just meant more time with John I got Borda. The John Borda sandwich once again. It was very good. <laughs> it was so the two highlights were lobster ceviche at the Lobster Shack, <laughs> where I think it was some of the most expensive lobster ceviche I've ever spent in my life. And honestly, it should be that way moving forward for everybody. <laughs> and the John Borda sandwich. Chef's kiss. So good. I'm telling you, man, like you just don't know where you can find delicious things. And this is really much falls in the Chris Ying. You just got to try things out. But the problem is Chris does this at restaurants that are already well-traveled. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to order the, order the John Borda at the French Laundry. Yeah. He's doing this at Peter Luger's Steakhouse. You're like, what are you doing? What I, what I really want to talk about before we get into Moif is um, before I left, I was reading some coverage about Mr. Beastburger in the Mall of America and how it was the most trafficked, most, they sold like 10,000 hamburgers. I think everybody in the restaurant industry needs to pay attention to what's happening right now. And if you sort of step aside and try to look at things from a 30,000 foot perspective, you're going to see people that are in the lifestyle world, whether it's Gwyneth or Travis Scott and music, like people that are genuine celebrities, even Selena has one of the most watched food programs. I think it's somewhat ironic that the term celebrity chef was used to describe a chef of note that became, I would say, well-known slash famous or, or very good. Regardless, it was a catchphrase for, it was a shitty phrase for anybody in the culinary profession, now the term is actually appropriate. Celebrities that are playing the role of chef. <laughs> it's just too funny that celebrity chef is actually the perfect term. I think there's a lot to be learned from what is happening right now. And it's a lot of humble pie, but what is ha what Mr. Beast is doing is something that uh, I... Listen... We try to do some version of that at Ondo is using some of the, the slack and downturn downtimes in restaurants on a national scale. But he's doing something that was, I, I was not able to do. So many people have tried. He's got a national burger through Ghost Kitchens selling a beast burger. I haven't tried it yet. I know people that I have. I think it was a lot of ups and downs from what I've learned uh, from my read about their experience. They also have Beastables, which is their chocolate bar line. They have real professionals now operating it. The CEO and COO of RX Bar, which is a, like a huge thing. They got real things happening here. I think this is just the beginning for what Mr. Beast is, who's like this. Honestly, uh, uh, I think he's a fucking genius. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't know if the content resonates with me, but it's giving me some insight as to where things might be going. And I'm encouraging everybody to sort of Stop thinking with a chef he had on and start looking at things from people that 
how should I say? I want to uh, reiterate that the conversation we had with Safi, Safi Pakal. I, it was a nice reminder that some, the, what Mr. Beast and people that are celebrities are doing, they're being American Airlines and everyone else is still being TWA. And that's, I think, the best way I can describe how I'm thinking about it is how can you affect massive change rapidly where you don't think about giving, like the reason why I think celebrity chefs, when I say celebrity chefs, uppercase versus celebrity chefs that are lowercase that are real chefs, they are not beholden to the way things have been done before. They don't give a shit. So they're able to innovate in a way that is as the crow flies. And I think it's remarkable. But like, if you're in the culinary industry, you got to be taking note of what the fuck is happening. Not just with Mr. Beast, but everybody that's a bona fide fucking celebrity with massive, massive followers that are moving the culinary needle in ways and really feeding a lot of people in a, in a way that is much more democratic than I think that has ever been done before. So just food for thought. Anyway, more food for thought coming up with Moif. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Today's My Opinion is Fact is presented by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it isn't just your business, it's your entire life. You could be working on landscapes, in lawn care, or helping with self-care at a day spa. Whatever the business, you need someone who understands what it's like to have one themselves. And that's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners too. They know what it takes and how to help you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You know what I need? Reading glasses. And um, so this year I'm going to have to get a colonoscopy and I'm, I'm joining the club of uh, people needing run, reading glasses. I can't read anything. 45, my, my life has really just deteriorated. My blood work came back <laughs> really bad. I just got my eye doctor and he's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Isn't it funny how it sort of happens? Like it can't really be tied to a number, but all of a sudden you hit a number and like, shit goes off the rails, right? Or you just notice it more, you think? I don't know. Being old sucks. <laughs> but like, you're not even, like 45 isn't even, the, the miracle of society is 45 isn't old. 45, if you lived 150 years ago, you would have been dead for 20 years by now. Listen, you know how I 45 is old? Look at Tom Brady. He's playing like shit as a 45-year-old. 
<laughs> yeah. You want a reminder. That. He's so okay, he's Just so as old. a reminder how old you are at 45. Nobody has ever played this old in the NFL at a skill position ever. It will never happen again. So, uh, do you think you don't think Aaron Rodgers makes it as far? You think Aaron Rodgers calls it quits earlier? Honestly, after Aaron Rodgers lied about his uh, self, what did he? How did he describe it? I don't know his own treatment plan. Whatever I'm, he said, I have own, immunity or something like that. Yeah, he like developed his own immunity, alternative immunities or some shit. Yeah, what a weenie. That's what a weenie. You know what? I don't believe you because he's a cow bear and you love Aaron Rodgers. You fucking love. No, him. that moment killed me. I'm still a Marshawn Lynch fan, but I had to give up on, on A-Rod. John Borda. Somebody. John Borda. Tell me how this fucking sandwich came to the Cancun Courtyard Airport Hotel. I'm going to get to the bottom of this for you. That's my, that's my calling. Uh, our supercomputer is uh, asleep. On the East Coast. Noel's asleep. It's 12, 12 midnight. Uh, so I'm going to We need to have role. a guest. We need to get Isaac Lee back as a guest. Supercomputer. You think it's time? I think it's time. You think it's time for, I for think it's Isaac time Lee to for come Isaac back? Isaac Lee to come back as a guest. Eva Moif. We need to wet the beaks of our smart-ass Discord members. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see what I can do about John Borda and Isaac Lee. <laughs> People that I will try to track down for us this this week. In the meantime, I got some moifs to deal with. Some related to some things you're talking about. I didn't catch a fucking fish, dude. I caught two bonefish, and everyone's like, "Oh, bonefish are so fun to catch." Bonefish fucking suck. There, I said it. I fucking hate bonefish. I just wanted to catch permit, and I didn't catch anything. Okay, I meant to ask you during that intro: zero fish across the board, or zero permit? Zero permit. And let me tell you, there was two days where I went fish. Two days was some of the worst fishing that I've ever done. I just was like a. It's, I'm trying to give you an equivalent. Um, it would almost be like I had uh, a a 25 point lead in a basketball game, and I had 50 <laughs> shots from the free throw line, and we lost <laughs> by one point because I only made 24 of those shots. What? I, I don't know if that made sense, but I just, no. I, I, I missed every free throw shot possible. Did ever, were, were other people landing permits? Everyone caught one but me, but I was going after, that's impressive. I was going after the, board, the big though. boys. Okay. But these guys, okay. So people who are like saltwater fishermen. And here's another possibly thing. Hearing I, you. I like these sports where I'm the, like, listen, they're wealthy white people sports for the most part. I know. Golf Bro. and fucking fly fishing. I, I I love it because people look at them like, what the fuck are you doing here? But for, I mean, forgive me, but I thought that like catching a permit was like for most people, a lifelong aspiration to get, to land one of it these. It is a, because a, uh, they're getting, they're smart, man. But I just, I just, here's another thing. It was full moon. And when it's full moon, they're eating a lot at night. And also when, because there was hurricane conditions, so the wi- the clouds are going one way and the winds are going the the, the waves are going another way. It, it, it's just very confusing for the fish. Whatever I'm saying as an excuse, and it's I'm bullshit. still mad. <laughs> I suck, man. At the end of the day, I fucking suck. And I like I I said I'm never doing this ever again. <laughs> I told myself I'm never oh, doing this ever again. I'm a fucking I'm a fraud. I suck, and I should never do this again. All right. So this is here's a, here's a moif question for you. 
whether it's fly fishing or any other pursuit in your life and any other sort of recreational extracurricular pursuit, is there a moment that tells you golf, for instance, is there a moment where you can determine whether you are rusty or you have lost it forever? Golf. I know I'm rusty. Like you could get it back. You could shake it no, off. I can never get it back. No. So golf is gone forever. I think fishing, I think rusty fly fishing. I could, if I did it more, but everything just takes practice and repetition to be good at it. But it's also, I think a lot of it's the mindset. You just have to feel confident. Confidence is so key to everything you do. And I wish it wasn't the case and as stupid as it sounds, but if you believe you can do it, I mean, we talked about confidence in cooking, right? No, we haven't really gotten into it. That's what I was sort so, of trying to get you into here. I always think about this when I was working at craft and I think I was in the weeds and I was very nervous. Marco Canora comes up to me and goes, Chang, it's just about confidence. That's the secret. You just got to be confident. I was like, what? He's just like, just be confident. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I think he basically was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm confident. That's not true. But like, that's sort of how I, you just feel like you're confident. Time and time again, I feel like that's what I've seen, not just in cooking. People that believe that they're going to make it awesome, that they're going to take the last shot and they're going to win it. And if they miss it, it's like it's out of their fucking memory and they're moving on to the next fucking shot. Confidence is just a state of mind. And I've never forgot about that. But I have used that sort of same expression to other cooks. You just have to be confident. I had no confidence. I, I think that is really just a state of mind. I, the reason why I believe that that is true and what I think it whittles down to, well, you and I have talked about this before. I think that cooking, good cooking, when I watch you cook, when I watch chefs that like, I really admire cook, you make decisions quickly and you stick to them. And you make the thing, the decisions seem obvious. And I, I mean, literally, it's just like, of course, I'm going to add that. Of course, I do it this way. Of course, that's ready. And I think that when you're confident, you're confident in your decisions and you're not hemming and hawing and you're waiting for this to happen or maybe this will happen. It's what you talk about all the time, editing in your head on like a micro level. And that's what I think confidence you're talking about translates into is like, I know the right thing, even if it's if there's other right things, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to waste time and I don't let the thing burn in the pan while I'm just like sitting here. Well, I had zero confidence of fishing because I was, uh, you know, one of the guys said, hey, you should probably try to catch some baby permit. You should just get back in the groove. You haven't done this in a while. But again, my my ego and my hubris was like, no, we're going double black diamond now. <laughs> we're going yeah, out of bounds, backcountry skiing. Now, <laughs> fuck this green shit. Fuck this blue diamond shit. No, we're going quadruple black diamond hard. Now, this is the most Changian thing I've ever heard. Uh, hey, Dave, I have a little surprise for you, actually. Uh, you asked for it a second ago, and I'm going to deliver for you right now. Oh, how'd you do that? <laughs> oh, my God. Look who it wow. is. Oh, my God. <laughs> who is this? What is this? This is pure. What pure am I doing here? Look at Surprise. that! Look how professional that fucking wall is, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I got some soundproofing on the on the new wall right here. Did you here. put? Are those, are those uh, Is that a is that a um, ironing board? 
No, there's sound panels. Wait, let let Chris introduce me. People don't know who I am anymore. Yes, if anybody hasn't been listening to the Dave Chang Show for more than I don't know, Isaac, how long has it been since we last had you on here? Ooh, almost a year, right? So last November, yeah, Uh, yeah, like ten months. For any noobs, this is our OG producer. This is the guy who sat with Dave on his first episodes. Right, sat there. Mm -hmm. The two of you guys recorded. Saw Dave through his podcasting infancy. That's been retconned already. Redcons, and we're here doing a moif, Isaac. And I thought that fucking guy's not doing anything. Dave was like, "What's good, Isaac?" On it. Wait, no, hold on. Here you are. (laughs) Is the premise of this invite the fact that I wasn't doing anything? I was doing something. The premise is Dave was like, "We should get it's it's time to get Isaac Lee back on. We don't Uh have a supercomputer." And I texted you to see what you're up to, and here he is, John Porta himself. (laughs) John Porta himself, Isaac Lee. Isaac, ride shotgun with Dave. I'm going to play a supercomputer and read him some moif things. Oh, wow. uh, You guys are at the beginning of the pod. I thought I was coming in for a quick cameo, but I'm I'm on the hook for a whole minute. We're halfway through it. So you're here as a special midway guest, but weigh in on this. Chang, I haven't talked to you about this. I've only seen one episode, and I don't know if you've watched it, but overrated, underrated, the new Lord of the Rings Rings of Power series. Hmm. Where are you on this? I have a lot of a lot of things to say. Let's hear them. <laughs> God, I missed this. <laughs> I don't know what to think about this. Have I watched it? Yes. Have I watched every episode? Yes. Did I watch it mostly on the airplane? Yes. Was I embarrassed that I was watching on the airplane? Yes. Because people could see, me, you know, like elves and shit on your iPad. <laughs> Not a cool look. But then oh, I also gee, do Asian I, guys watching elves. Do, do I also have the Similarion and all of Tokens books on my iPad? Yes, I do. Do I also own them in real book form? Yes, I do. Was I able to be cross-reference shit? Yes, I did. So I gotta say I don't know what to think about it because there's a lot of creative licensing liberties being happening right now in the Rings of Power. It's it, they're taking creative license. From a, a small, I would I think it's like thirteen pages, literally like thirteen pages in the appendices of uh, Lord of the Rings, which is covering the Second Age, which is before Sauron, uh, Isildur cut off the ring, and that's like the the beginning of the Third Age, right? Some of that was covered in in the the first uh, movies by Peter Jackson. This is really after um, Morgoth has been defeated and his servant <laughs> Sauron. What am I doing here? No, just keep going. What Please, am I'm I doing so, here? I'm so annoyed. And, and uh, you know, and it's basically the destruction of Numenor, right? Dave, do you like the Rings of Power <laughs> or not? Did you like it? Uh, incomplete. It's an incomplete. I, Isaac, I don't know. Have you watched I, it at all? I, if, yeah, am I, I going to watch it? Of course, I'm going to watch it. Do I? Am I enjoying it? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Excelsior! <laughs> Isaac, have I ever have I ever told this story, Isaac? There was a time where Dave and I were we were on a boat and we were having a you know friendship moment. We were talking, and Dave didn't want anybody to sit next to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> as as is wont to do, and so unprompted he just started very loudly 
explaining the entire plot of the Cimmerillion or no, whatever. The, the children of Hurin. The children of Hurin to me. Mm-hmm. And I watched as people approached us to sit in our like in our vicinity, listening to him talking about Numenor and Morgoth, and just completely no, did one eighty. Those names and don't come up us. in that, Chris. <laughs> Insane. Insane. All right, let's move on. Isaac and Dave, this is this is a good question for both of you. I'm interested in, in different ways. Dave, you talked about going back to the same restaurant twice in a week at the Marriott in Cancun. What is the restaurant? You have patronized both of you most in your life. Easy, Dave. Other than Momofuku, Golden, what, Golden is, Century, what are the restaurants? Sydney, Australia. Really? Ooh, yeah. To this day, still. Yeah. How often were you there? Uh, I think I've been there more than any other restaurant in my life. Because it, op- wow. it, I would go there after service almost every night. Wow. Yeah. Always exo pippies. Always exo pippies. Fuck. One of the greatest dishes on the planet. Isaac, what's the restaurant you've been to most in your life? I think it's going to be the Halal Guys on 14th and 2nd in New York. The second location, their very their second location. It wasn't their first location, it was their second location. But I went there as a college student probably once or twice a week for 2 years. But you hate So you yeah, hate add food. that up and that's uh, over 100 times. You hate food. What are you Why t- would you go there what two the times a week? What the fuck are you, you talking you about? Hate food. <laughs> I love food. I love food so much. You hate live music. You play music, but you do I hate, do hate live, live music. music. And you hate food. That's what everyone... No. Let's just give a summary. Christine, let's give her a summary of Isaac. <laughs> Beautiful voice. This is hey, some... Wonderful hair. Voice of an angel. Voice of an angel. Hates food. Hair of a god. And hates music played by other people. <laughs> hates music played by other people. No, no, loves no, no, I, I hate Lasso. live music played by other people. Uh, here's one. Dave just talked about a sandwich he had at this Marriott in Cancun. The courtyard Marriott. The, get it straight. The court, courtyard. Put some respect on its name. Marriott. <laughs> Sorry. Courtyard by Marriott. Hotel, airport, hotel, Cancun, Quintana Roo. Uh, called the John Borda. And Dave, just as a quick recap, what is the contents of the John steak. Borda? A little bit mild, spicy cheesesteak. So here's the question. Here's the moif question so for both good. of you. If there was a sandwich shop and there probably is one for you, Dave. But if there was an Isaac Lee sandwich at your favorite sandwich shop, or Dave, if there was a Dave Chang sandwich, what would be in that sandwich? Well, I'll defer to Dave on this one first. I got to think. What would be a Dave Chang sandwich? Mm-hmm. I, I, Isaac Lee will be, um, Isaac Lee sandwich will be cold rockfish. <laughs> cold what the rockfish? fuck, what? man? It's a rock, wait, a rockfish omelet? No. Rockfish I'm doing this for free. I'm not getting paid for this. And you're slandering me? Oh, my goodness. We love you, Isaac. What, what is your sandwich, Dave? Uh, a potato salad sandwich. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> really? With egg salad. <laughs> a Japanese potato salad sandwich, one layer. And the next layer would be just egg salad. And then the layer oh, on top like- of it would be a hamburg steak. Mm. Deep fried hamburg steak. <laughs> I think that the hamburg steak threw me off, but like the idea of a double decker egg salad potato sandwich is fucking insane. It's so good. That's, that's, that's nuts. That's fucking amazing. Isaac, come on. What do you got? What's your sandwich? Um, I don't know if it would be my sandwich. It might be one of my favorite things to eat, though, is a katsu sando. Mm. I love a katsu sando. 
Yeah, who doesn't love Akatsu Sando, though? Yeah, I'm kind of like pitching through the middle here. I'm just throwing a fastball, but, you know. No little Isaac, it's no Isaac Lee flair on there, huh? No flair. I just like eating it. Even with your penchant for hot sauce, you won't throw a little hot sauce on the Isaac Lee. Mm. I'll have the hot sauce in there. I can. That's optional. Can, it depends I, on your palate. Can I ask, this is my own supercomputer question to everybody. I asked this to my wife, and she, again, this is that moment where I think I know everybody on my college campus, yet I know everybody, nobody. When I stand on the, get my diploma, I'm like, oh, I don't know anything. I don't know anyone anything i mentioned it chris when we were in new york nobody eats these panini sandwiches <laughs> I still, from, the, from like a slice shop yeah mm-hmm. so if you don't know in new york city and again not all bodegas are the same and i know i've talked about this but i think about it a lot there are some bodegas that are just sell goods and stuff but there's some places that have sandwiches any bodega that sells sandwiches and bacon egg and cheese they all have at least three to four varieties of pre-made panini sandwiches, okay? Mm. All bagel shops in New York City in their glass case next to white fish and tuna salad have pre-made panini sandwiches. Some pizza shops have it. It's one of the most, it must be one of the most widely consumed foods in New York because it's there's one pre-made panini sandwich on every block in New York. I've only had two in my lifetime. I don't understand it. Have you ever had one of these, Isaac? And do you know anybody that does consume these? Because I asked my wife, and she's like, when she worked in fashion, she said, yeah, we all ate them. It was, it was cheap, and it was good. Okay. What? Yeah. She said well, they all ate them? I know. The fashion what? world. I know. Man. <laughs> you were like, who eats these? Yeah. And your wife was like, me? Me and my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the same thing. I was just like, before we started recording this, I was I was watching Dinosaurs with Hugo and we're talking about paleontologists. I'm like, oh, I don't know anybody that's a paleontologist. That will never, ever happen. I will never be friends <laughs> with a, a Ross from France, right? A paleontologist <laughs> person, right? That's just never going to happen. And I thought to myself, I will never know anybody that consumes panini, pre-made panini, New York City bodega panini and... uh all I had to do was ask my wife. <laughs> That's insane that you're like, who's out there? Who eats these sandwiches? <laughs> Literally the closest human to you. The mother of your children. Isaac, you know, have you ever eaten one of these panini, pre-made paninis? So here's the thing. Have I ever eaten one? Yes, but it's been over. It's been, has to be yeah, been over I like a decade. everybody in New York that's lived there at least four years have had one. And for We've whatever, had one. For, for, but... People must Do I be know anyone who eats them with any regularity? Yes, no. But there must be. Who are these people? I, I guess. Supply and demand says that there must be, right? A demand for these things because supply is very high. They're everywhere. Is it the fashion people? I don't know. They're omnipresent. But they're not just in Manhattan. You see them in every fucking bodega in the outer boroughs as well. It's one of the great mysteries of my life. <laughs> we don't need a web telescope for fucking... the. Outer space to visit galaxies unknown. We need a web telescope to identify the people that are buying these pre-made panini sandwiches. Other than my wife and I'd love friends. to know. I'd love to know the the bodega shop owners if they can locate the panini eaters. You know, they're among oh, us. Oh yeah, oh, they're among yeah. us. They're amongst oh, yeah. us. 
Dave said Dave said something astute about like these bodegas who always have like the exact size battery you need, the exact like attachment for the vacuum that just broke. They just happen to have it. I guarantee you walk into a bodega, they know what you're about to buy. They mm. know you down to mm. a, a T what you're going to buy, I think. But who is this person in their mind that they size up and they're like, yeah, this motherfucker, they're definitely going. With well, now me. we know. It's like. It's Grace and her friends who worked in the fashion industry who like were strapped for cash. They walked to a bodega. They were like, heat up the panini. <laughs> is there a scene in The Devil Wears Prada where, where a group of them eat paninis or something? No. I, I know don't where see they this as that, a stereotype. You know where they filmed that Adrian Git Renier, um, this is a good bit of movie trivia, when he's okay. fake cooking in, downstairs in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Oh. And when he has a towel over his shoulder, again. I don't even know if he has a towel on his shoulder, but I'm just making that up. Pretty sure he does. They filmed that at Craft. That's the Craft Kitchen. Interesting that they would like do that for such a small scene. That's amazing. And somebody that would buy twenty dollars of Jarlsberg cheese, come on, <laughs> to make mac and cheese. No, All for right, a I've sandwich got... that, uh, that was a Anne Hathaway doesn't cheese. want to eat because she's so you know yeah. distraught over. Well, she had just had a panini from the pizza shop. <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is. <laughs> All right, I got a I got a good one for you. I got a good moif to round us out, and then we got some other business to get into that I think that will be interesting as well. But first, Isaac, you've been uh, putting on a podcast, a Ted Lasso recap podcast called The mm-hmm. Book of Lasso. So mm-hmm. you've got an established love of the Premier League, and and uh, Dave Chang. You and I were sitting in a car, and having known you for more than a decade, more than a century. I didn't realize that you and I could talk about uh, Premier League soccer. So yeah. here's a question. I feel like, and this 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 gets into sort of business and leadership, which I know you you care about a lot, Dave. Um, I feel like Premier League and generally soccer managers, like the revolving door is more active than any other sport. Like managers get fired and replaced more often than any other sport. When you see that happen as an American sports fan, do you think, yes, that's the way it should be. Managers should get be on a short leash and be fired. Or do you see that and think these bozos don't know what they're doing? Well, can I add, soccer is the one thing where um, extremely talented managers that are best in class get fired all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like no other sport is like, are like the six best managers in the world. Well, Tuchel, <laughs> like always Tuchel on the hot got seat. fired from Chelsea. Tuchel was, uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he, he coached PSG. He got fired. He, uh, he, he's coached. He won board, the yeah. fucking Champions League like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago. Nobody, years nobody ago. was like, this guy sucks. It's not like uh, Urban Meyer <laughs> in Jacksonville was like, that motherfucker sucks. I was like, well, <laughs> this guy's extremely good at his job, but he lost his job. Canned. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. I don't understand. Can I just, I know we'll get the Premier League. I know Isaac is here. Sonny on the Hotspurs. Oh, oh my God. One of, I, I was talking, yeah, I was talking to uh, Steve Young about this and he like, we, it was later in the day and we were talking about it that, that Sunday and we just, as Koreans, were just overjoyed. It was amazing. If you don't know what we're talking about, he was benched for the first time in like four years. Uh, Conte even last week said, you know, he he's just not doing it anymore, basically. And he wasn't going to be in the starting limit. There's all this press about how he's playing like shit. And um, Sun just 
did Sung two. Sung Min came off the came off the bench and scored a hat trick in like seventeen minutes. minutes. Thirteen, 13, 13, 13, 13 minutes. minutes. But the first two goals were just like, what the fuck? Amazing. So that's Worldies. the thing. I I turned that on. I turned that. I was watching that game. I was watching that match. You don't have to be a Sun fan. You don't have to be a, a Korean person. Those goals were straight up Golazo worldies, like outside mm-hmm. the penalty box, both feet from the same Curling spot. Curling it in from Un- both feet. Fucking believable. Unreal. If you're, but if you're Hanguk Saram, it, it makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> he was pissed. Yeah, man. Like, even the celebrations, he's like, get the fuck away from me. He's like, he didn't celebrate. Yeah, he's like, the get the fuck goal, away. He's like, get the fuck it. away from me. He's yeah. like, you know, he's so angry. And that's the power of Han. <laughs> he was so fucking pissed. He was so yeah. bitter and angry that for 60 minutes he sat and like this is a real rarity because it almost doesn't happen. You never see this with Korean people. It just honestly, I don't want to say it never happens because like we're expected to not uh, win in situations like mm-hmm. that. We're always expected to fold. We're always expected to like have the lead in a major championship and then choke we're never expected to actually exceed beyond anybody's expectations people thought that he was done because in soccer it's a rarity right you can get old pretty fast because there's so many miles on a soccer player that people are even saying like Pulisic at 24 with his injuries maybe he's just lost you just get old really fast Mm -hmm. because if you get old it's very and you have like some um, moments in your career where you are not excelling very rarely do you actually get back to the top you know what i mean isaac it's just like you're done you're sort of done yeah yeah or you just continue to be awesome like Lewandowski. you know what i mean you just get awesome yeah i mean just look at Deli ali sonny's old teammate you know fell off a cliff and he's still in his what his mid-20s just fell off and sonny's 30 it, it sometimes 30 years old you know it's yeah the fact that I thought, and the media was thinking, this guy's done. That's basically what the, the the sentiment was. This guy's career is is going out to pasture. He'll be probably playing for LA Galaxy in fucking two years. You know. <laughs> the other the other most Korean part of of Sun was that Sun is a world class player. So fast, Sun is amazing, <laughs> but is like, so handsome. Is he's so handsome? He's so sweet. All the videos mm-hmm. of him, he just seems like the nicest guy in the world. And his English legitimately, has, his English is a faint British accent. It's so cute. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Shank's got a serious crush on Son. Uh, legitimate world world eleven style player. His dad was like, he'll never be great until he's on a real team. That's <laughs> like doesn't fucking matter <laughs> unless he's that good for Real Madrid. I don't give a shit. That's like the most Korean. You gotta have your heard. dad as your hater, man. <laughs> but, you like, gotta. but like for him to do that to score, I mean, it almost never happens. Nobody ever does that shit, whether you're Korean or not. And he did it not just once. It was more like, well, fuck you. I'm gonna do it again. And then a triple fuck you. It was beautiful. It was one yeah. of the I'm gonna have to say that's right behind Linsanity for me. <laughs> that moment when I watched it, I was like, holy wow. fuck. Just so yeah, much yeah. joy. It's insane. It was unbelievable. Uh, Isaac Lee, I'll throw yeah. it to you for this question again. Because I think, the, the, you know, when you watch Ted Lasso, you, the, the most unrealistic part of that truly is that in the real world, Ted Lasso would last for one week and then be fired. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the Premier League. Mm-hmm. What, is your, what is your take on the re- ever-revolving door of managerial positions in British soccer? 
Well, I've uh, given this a lot of thought, actually, because as an American sports fan approaching European soccer, especially, it's it's kind of a there's a bit of a culture shock involved, right, in in between the two worlds. Soccer being the biggest sport in the world, obviously, but uh, you know, I think the someone like Thomas Tuchel, someone, I mean, even before that, we'll talk about another Chelsea manager, Jose Mourinho, probably what the second or third greatest manager of all time. I mean, some people would say he's, he is the greatest manager of all favorite. time. Yeah, of course he's your favorite. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, he's, he, I love him. <laughs> he gets sacked so often, so often, like every couple of years he gets sacked, right? Zero fucks. Yeah, like your, your pedigree doesn't matter. It's what have you done for His me His press lately. conferences are the best press conferences of all time, and you should just go oh, look so at good. Them. His most I recent prefer one not was speak. amazing. I prefer yeah. not to speak. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> but yeah, he gets fired all the time. And he, but his thing is just like, all right, I'll go win somewhere else then. Well, that's I'll what I mean. somewhere else. That's what I mean. There's a lot of open jobs. Jobs can be vacated. They can just become open. And I think that puts pressure on even the people with the biggest pedigrees to continue to improve, to continue to adapt. All right. Last order of business here before I uh, let Isaac back to his... What were you doing, Isaac? I was on the treadmill watching the Great British Bake Off. That was what I was doing. <laughs> I was I was walking, watching some amateur bakers make some cake. You know, wow, Chris is Chris has fallen away from the camera. Holy uh, shit! I Wait, can't hold believe on. that. Dave, is that a fucking drum set behind you? It is. Have you in in your no, have you not. made it's a transition? It's a Hugo sized drum set. Oh, it's a Hugo sized drum set. I can't tell with the the zoom shot here, but wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're starting him off early? Are you... Uh, Hugo likes to play drums. And he loves the guitar. He sure does. We got him a music class. And uh, he oh, could choose amazing. a bunch of... Like, there was like a little bit like uh, Last Crusade, Indiana Jones. You choose your chalice. And he went straight for the fucking guitar. He's, he's already over I'm the drum so set. I'm so happy. He's like... He chose well, man. He At least he didn't just go pick up the oboe. Uh couple last pieces of business here, Dave. On our last episode of Ask Dave After Dark, you put a question out to the audience. Did uh, I, a did couple I of did? questions out to the audience. I did? Yes, you did. <laughs> One was about whether people had grocery store fatigue. Uh, you know, I'm not, there, there were some answers. People <laughs> uh, answered in ridiculous ways. And then you put a question out, and I believe you were asking what to do with yogurt that has been that is a day past the expiration date, or maybe it was a week past the expiration date, and would you eat it? And we got some responses. Watanabe2k says, I can tell you a little bit about expiration dates because I sat at dinner with an economist at an econ conference who helps set, who helps set the dates for milk. This is what you wanted, Dave. You wanted an expert. Basically, the dates on the packaging are constantly moving. Not only do I not know start- a paleontologist, I don't know any fucking economist. <laughs> Say if it starts at 14 days to expiring, they will then push it to 15. If nothing happens, the next batch is 16 and so forth. They keep pushing it out till it gets reported that it went bad or someone got sick and that they start to contract the dates. So this person is saying that they are moved, they're trying to extend them as far as they can and then drawing them back if they start to get complaints. Isaac, do you eat yogurt that's one week past its expiration? It's not going to be any surprise to you that I don't eat yogurt at all, generally fucking speaking. Fucking beef. What, what did you? It's not what part of my diet, really. Diet, unless it's dude. listen, unless it's served to me in a Mediterranean dish that I'm that I'm ordering, I'm not usually buying yogurt and having it in my refrigerator. Best, to begin best with. yogurt I ever had was in Beijing, China. 
Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, in what context? I was staying at a, a hostel-like place in, in like 1999, 2000, and they would drop off freshly made yogurt in these reusable ceramic crafts where they would put a paper over the lid and then tie it with mm. a string and you would just crack it open with a straw and you would drink it, but it was so fucking good. Yeah. Mm. Best yogurt I ever had. China. You know why? <laughs> Everyone figured out how to fucking make it. It's not just the Greeks. The yeah. Greeks didn't invent yogurt. I'll tell you what's not going to catch on at the grocery store. Chinese yogurt. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Century, right, egg, order business. Century egg yogurt. <laughs> Century egg flavored. Uh, last order of business here. I wanted to do a follow-up on, on that same episode of Ask Dave. We had user Husky Slacks from the Discord. Isaac Lee, are you on the Discord? I am not on the Discord. Should I be on the Discord? Dude, I thought you Get were Husky the- Slacks. <laughs> that Husky was a name if I've ever heard one. Get on the Discord, man. They fucking want they they would love to hear from you, dude. Yeah, man. Okay. Isaac Lee, join us at majordomamedia.com. There's a link that will take you directly to our Discord channel. We have a wonderful Beautiful. community that will love and embrace I'll you and shower you with praise. I don't know if that's going to be the case, you know, considering how much slander of Dave me that you perform here. Manchurian candidate. He just hears Discord and he delivers his. <laughs> Isaac Lee, join us at majordomomedia.com slash Discord. You have a wonderful community. How many times did they make you read this, man? Like, dude, no, you don't know. You, you you remember Dave from his infancy. I'm sitting here, watch this motherfucker just like reel off intros <sighs> without a hitch, just off the My top God. of the dome. This guy's unbelievable these days. Our baby's all grown up. This guy's the He's fucking Korean. Up. Sarah Koenig. That's <laughs> unfucking real. All right. A couple of weeks ago on, on Ask Dave, Husky Slacks wrote in, and, and Dave, I'll refresh your memory. He reported that he was meeting someone around lunch the other day, a business meeting, and they ordered sandwich ahead sandwiches ahead of me getting there. We were not planning to have lunch. They just want to be hospitable. And they got me tuna, presuming that everyone likes tuna. Dave, you remember this? Uh, I think you, you went on a whole spiel about how these people are either geniuses that you should and, go and into just business for anyone with listening, or that, that moment to T- you can just know that's when the THC, the live resin start to kick in. <laughs> so we were, we were a little confused about this moment. This, this idea, Isaac, that a, if you, you showed up to a meeting and someone's like, Oh, we ordered food for you. We got you tuna mm-hmm. because everybody likes tuna and whether or not that was like a, interesting insight and they had done a character study of of husky slacks and knew his preferences or it was an insane assumption that everybody likes tuna well he followed up for us dave he reported in the discord that this was (laughs) suburban syracuse so it was in the northeast where tuna salad is very popular i think you you id'd that right off the bat i will eat tuna salad but it's a last choice uh etc 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 the meeting was in their conference room. They had already ordered out for lunch and it looked like everyone else got to order whatever they wanted. I also presumed at the time that they had added a tuna sandwich onto the order for me. I was never asked what I wanted despite being in a text chain with multiple people pre-meeting. We did not end up doing business. I also didn't eat the sandwich. Also, the boss ate his sub with a plastic knife and fork. So that's the full report on this tuna fish sandwich meeting, Dave. Do you think that he was right to walk out and not do business with these people? I'm going to take that move next time. (laughs) I like it. I'm liking that. It's it's, it's like a, it's very Larry David Kirby enthusiasm. They foisted you away. You know what I mean? 
That's a, the, <laughs> it's almost uh, like a breaking up with your some your significant other. It's not you. It's me. You know. <laughs> I think that I, I do like the uh, the idea that your takeaway is like, oh, that's like really good power move. Yeah. Next time I have somebody over for a business meeting, I'm just going to order them tuna sandwich and let everybody else order off the menu. Speaking of speaking of power move, right? If you've been watching the Rings of Power, (laughs) oh my god, we're going to go back to this now because this ties into this. There may be a character that is uh, the human version of Sauron, but he says some things that I find to be lovely about power, (laughs) about winning, about survival. I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. Dave is one of these fucking people scrawling Thanos was right on like stop signs and shit, dude. <laughs> this is what this guy's this is what this guy's. So that's about. why I think it's a nice power move. Look think about this. By simply ordering a tuna fish sandwich for husky slacks, it's like, yeah, our job's done here. Both parties don't have to fucking spend any more energy about this. This shit's done, and we don't have to hurt anyone's feelings. I think it's a beautiful fucking good point to this company. That's that was the takeaway all right isaac i appreciate you joining uh yeah here's the thing you still how how rusty are you just a supercomputer you got a you got a moif topic off the top of your head that you can throw our way jeez i'm extremely rusty man i'm all rust at this point i'm the rust man can you sing can you sing dance for us one more time oh that's okay either give us a moif topic or sing the dad's theme song for us i don't i don't know you don't remember the dad's theme song? Uh, wait, no, I, mean, dude, I wrote so many. <laughs> I wrote so many songs for the we for have the children. There, so we are it's dads. Like, it's a uh, yeah, right, right, right. It's a uh, we we are dads. We yes. are dads. We are dads. We have children, so we are dads. Is that it? <laughs> oh my god! I just did it off the dome. I don't. I don't actually remember it. <laughs> That was exactly it. I appreciate you, man. That was great. Isaac. Yeah. You got to come back on a proper moif where you're not just halfway through. Yeah, man. Through. Give me a heads up next time. I can prepare. I'm like, Are you wearing <laughs> a soccer jersey as we speak right now? Hey, I'm wearing a Kevin De Bruyne jersey. I'm not a, I'm not a City fan. I just like KDB. KDB, I saw cooking in an Our Place pan, and I was like, come on, dude. You're better than that. <laughs> One of the greatest <laughs> midfielders of all time. What are you doing? Cooking in uh, that. Come on. Yeah. Well, anyway, give me give me some, you know, give me some heads up next time you want me on. Not in the middle of my of my treadmill walk. This was a lovely surprise. Thank you for thank you for doing your this. Exercise exercise. <laughs> your yeah. evening exercise. Your hey, evening constitutional for us. Listen, also, we all live in the same city now. So I mean we gotta oh, get a dinner back. sometime. We gotta You gotta give us a whole rundown on Portland. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 have Isaac Lee back to do like, uh, my year in Portland. Mm. A my, retrospective. A review. A retrospective. <laughs> sure. Or they can just go back and listen to all of the episodes that we did in, no, when no, I was in Portland. We don't want to hear our opinion of what Isaac Lee was like in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> want to hear your opinion? All right. Today's my opinion as fact was presented by State Farm. There's nothing more personal than a small business. It's your passion, your dream or a side hustle that became big enough to take to the next level. And that's when it's time for State Farm Small Business Insurance, because State Farm agents are small business owners too. State Farm agents know how to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
All right, give us five stars on however you rate this on our iPod page.